This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game today. We have an awesome guest, Ms. Caitlin Egger from Quantum Assurance. What's hey up, guys. Caitlin? I do it. I'm just living the life. How are you? Doing good. We're good. I'm coming off of a long weekend in Key West. I was just explaining to Kyle that somehow I managed to put on 20 pounds in four days. I'm not exactly sure what happened with that, but it doesn't uh, even seem. It, it like literally does not even seem feasible. You know what I think I'm going to do? Weigh myself tomorrow morning and hope for the best. Maybe it was just an error. You know how sometimes like on your floor, if there's a soft spot or something like in wood floors, if the scale is not perfectly level, it'll like be an inaccurate reading. I know what I ate. I, I, mean, I mean, you were like you were riding a bike like you. It's, I mean, you were probably walking from bar to bar like you would literally have to eat like 12 pounds of food every day in order for that to happen. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know. I, it's like I told her. We we rode bikes to breakfast every morning and other places. I walked more than I ever walk anywhere. Right. And, and I've been back in Orange Theory, so maybe it was just a weird deal with the scale this morning. But I'll report back soon. Faulty scale. I feel like this might be the fitness plan people are really looking for, David. So you might be onto something. Yeah, it is. It was a um, it was a great weekend. We typically go offshore when we go down there and fish. And unfortunately, the captain shot me the text that said, "I think you're going to get knocked around a little bit. Probably shouldn't go out." Here's it was what windy. I know. This is what I know about this guy. We've been using him for almost 20 years now, and. I know when he said it's going to be a little rough, what that looks like. When this guy's telling me I'm going to get knocked around a little bit, not happening. I've been out in six-foot swells with him before where, you know, I felt like I was in the perfect, the perfect storm. <laughs> if he tells me it's going to be rough, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like. So I mean, just- it was windy up here down in we – were, we were down in uh, Anna Maria Island area, and it was – I mean, the wind was whipping through there, especially on Saturday. Saturday yeah. was super windy. Yeah, I was trying to explain to Annie when we were there. She's like, it just doesn't feel that windy. I was like, well, there's also a lot of buildings around us. Yeah, right wait till you get out on the water. There is no buildings. There are no buildings on the water. So 
anyhow, we could talk about fishing in Key West all the time because it's like one of my favorite things to talk about. But let's <laughs> talk about Caitlin since she's with us today. For those of you who haven't listened to you on another podcast, which that's probably unlikely because it seems like you've run the circuit at this point. Tell them a little bit about your background and sort of how you got to where you're at. And then we'll dive into a little bit about uh, Quantum and how it's set up and go from there. Absolutely. Well, I'm the Director of Education and Development at Quantum. And Quantum's an independent agency that launched in the independent channel a little over a year ago. It's a mega startup and it's a pretty cool operation. Um, We have a direct channel with flagship call centers in Virginia and Texas. And we also have an agency channel that launched this summer with agencies uh, from Hawaii to New York and growing every day. So um, my role in the company is to, you know, help make sure that agents and their sales teams have the best onboarding programs possible, uh, world-class education and training. So, you know, we that's one thing we have in common is the content development. So I love nerding out on that and talking about content creation life. Um, but to rewind the clock a little bit before that was ever on my radar, before our um you know, experience in insurance took this turn. I I started out in the insurance world nine years ago in a captive agency, uh, in a boutique agency environment with a captive carrier that uh, it was it's kind of like a, a mom and pop insurance shop. And we were, you know, getting to know the local community and figuring out the insurance world. And my story started out like so many other insurance agency story started building the business one client at a time and figuring out what it, what does marketing look like? How do we grow this business? And it was, it was really our, our family business that we put our, our heart and our soul and our passion into. And it was a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And just um, it was a startup agency. We didn't purchase a book of business. And so my very first experience in the insurance world was as a 25 year old, uh, opening the doors to the agency, my very first day in insurance, placing cold calls, telemarketing, and recruiting other telemarketers. I would go down to the local community college and do on-campus recruiting and try to get college students to think that telemarketing and insurance was cool. (laughs) (laughs) The the dream job they've been searching for. And then um, when uh, I was successful and recruited a few of them to come give it a go, then it was my job to, to train them on how to telemarket people for insurance quotes and and we got darn good at it um but we had to we had to break a few things along the way try a couple marketing methods and fall flat on our face and um definitely have some some stories and some bumps and bruises along the way um but i'm so in hindsight i mean hindsight's 2020 i'm really really grateful now that my insurance career started out that way i think if i had taken a position in a um in a, a a mature agency that had been around for 20 years, I think my experience coming on board would have been totally different if I'd been trained by um, an industry um, veteran. And I think that um, even though it was really hard to start scratch in a startup and have to figure out everything from the ground level up that um, I learned more along the way because of that. So I'm really grateful for that. What do you think the biggest lesson was that you learned going through that? I think there was a lot. It's hard to it's hard to pick just one lesson because you when you're building a business from scratch, you mm-hmm. feel like you are 
taking two steps forward and one step back every day in the beginning. And so there's just no end to how many lessons have to be learned to get that, that plane off the ground. Um, I think that because we were with a captive agency, uh, one of the first lessons that had to be learned was that it wasn't just enough to lean on the goals that the captive carrier set for the agency. Because just because you're meeting or exceeding those goals didn't necessarily mean that the agency was successful or meeting my expectations for what I wanted out of my agency. That's an interesting comment. I think, you know, there's two sides to that, right? In the independent world, there's two sides to that. I sometimes look at what a carrier, if we're looking to get appointed with them, like we went through this with auto owners, took forever to get appointed with auto owners. And then when they came in, they said, now we're going to need you to be able to produce a million dollars over the next three years. And I laughed. I'm like, what? A million dollars over three years. I mean, this is what the expectation is. So I understand what you're saying. You know, they, they're, they're ecstatic with us because, you know, we have no issues at all hitting our numbers. Um, but I also understand where you're coming from, that if you're entrepreneurial and growth minded, you know, you should look, my, my opinion is you should never rely on the numbers somebody else sets for you. That's one of the reasons why I have our producers do their own business plans. I want them to come up with their own numbers and then tell me how they're going to achieve those numbers so that I can hold them accountable to them. If I just said, nope, you're going to do 150,000 in new business revenue this year, 200,000 in revenue. That sounds great. How do I hold them accountable to the number that I told them they had to hit and didn't give them the roadmap to get there. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest questions that I get is um, how, how much should I pay my sales producer and what should their sales goals be? But the, the limit for what's possible for a sales producer is so, so, so high that I love your approach on it of having them put together a business plan and having them think through their own personal goals because there's so much potential there. A lot of sales producers, at least in the personal lines world where I, I come from, um, in some agencies, if a producer's bringing in $40,000 of premium a month, their agency owner might you know, do cartwheels over that. In another agency, that person could be doing $80,000 a month. In another agency, $120,000. Or we have a producer that's trying to hit $200,000 this month. So I, I really love... Um, customizing the experience for the individual and making sure that they're taking ownership in that because really there's so many different paths. Yeah. Well, it's also like, I don't care what your goal is for me. Like I have my own goals and it's much more um, realistic that I'm going to achieve them. If, it, if it's something that I want to do versus what somebody else wants me to do. You more know? Motivating. Right. Kyle, you're a guy that's had a lot of jobs. How was your first job? In tele- <laughs> How was your first job in telemarketing? I know you've had one. Uh, I, I have not had a telemarketing job. I have had jobs where I've had to call people, but it wasn't like a telemarketing job necessarily. Oh man, Kyle, you're missing out. I I, I almost hate to admit that I have had a job working in a call center as a telemarketer before. That's yeah. That's one thing that I haven't done, man. It was, uh, I, I did. I will tell you that. I've rolled up in a few businesses when I was doing the office supplies that were straight up call centers. And it was like every person in there was just fit the mold. And I was just like, my God, this is not an environment that I would ever want to want to be in. And that's, you know, it, I'll just yeah, leave it at that. I, think, no, I, just, I, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with the call center environment. Obviously, it works, right? But I think that if you're born to be an outside sales producer, right. 
it's like the exact opposite of what you want to do. Exactly. Sitting sitting me in an environment where I have to be at a desk and I can't, you know, and we'll get into what quantum does because they have a unique culture and everything. I'm certainly not bringing Caitlin on here to talk about all the reasons why I don't like their business <laughs> yeah. I actually do. And I understand that it, that it's needed. It's just not, that's just not how I'm wired. I just, I can't do that. I mean, part of that has to do with having ADHD and just needing to be constantly stimulated with other things. That's why I have so many monitors sitting on my desk. I can't even sit at my own desk, you know, without flipping from thing to thing. But I did, I had a job as a telemarketer and my job was to call and inform people that they had won. They had won a prize and they needed to come to this place to claim it. Was this Publishers Clearinghouse? Well, like what? No, it was it was an interesting business concept where essentially you could buy anything you needed, but you did this group would get it direct from the factory and cut out the retail end of the middleman. So they were high volume, low margin. You need a couch, you can go buy it here. You need a deep freeze, you can get it. You you know, you want a new bedspread, whatever it was. I mean, like they had a catalog that had literally everything on the face of the earth in it for sale. And that was my job is somebody won a hundred bucks. And I had to convince these people that they needed to come in and claim their hundred dollars. And then the, the salespeople would put the squeeze on them to pay this fee to join this club. And I'm sitting here thinking if I, and that was the, the problem was you had to prove you were good on the phones before you could be the salesperson. Well, I went in, I wanted to be the salesperson, right? Let me go in there. I'll, I'll, I'll get grandma's couch cushion money to join this. You know, I don't have a problem at all closing the deals. That's not how it worked. So after three days, I was out. <laughs> I think you called me when I was 23. I knew your voice sounded. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Wow. It was. It was couch. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though, you know, because I, I don't have a problem on the phones. But I'm not on the phones like right. 24-7, you know, for my entire shift. If I know that I'm going to go in and today's my day to make 20 calls to try and get an appointment or whatever, I'm good with that. I know there's an end in sight. But if yeah. it's just constantly over, and I think part of it too is I'm having to generate, right? What you guys are doing, your stuff's inbound. So it's a whole different conversation. It actually didn't used to be inbound. It, was, it only became maybe 50% inbound over the past few months. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we've hmm. really created a pretty cool environment now, I think, for our insurance specialists that that come on board at Quantum and they, um, you know, they're the ones talking to clients, bringing them on board, making sure they have the right carrier fit. But the uh, environment that they have right now with so many warm leads coming at them is really um, something we've really worked to cultivate year over year over year to get them to that point where they do have incoming calls, which um, everyone thinks is the... Um, oh my gosh, like the thing that you're striving for, right, is making that phone ring. But the reality is when it comes down to training and education, incoming calls are just as hard as picking up the phone and dialing someone. You still have to build rapport with them. You still have to get to know them, put them at ease, make them feel that they reached the right person. And I'll I'll just share a secret here. Um, Our salespeople, not our salespeople at Quantum, in the insurance world, salespeople, lose sales every day where their price was cheaper. So having the phone ring is not the silver bullet that turns your producer into this magic (laughs) sales agent that's uh, out there just printing cash. Um, We still have to create 
a value-focused conversation for the client. We still have to build a relationship with them. We still have to make it about their coverages and protecting them. Because if we don't, um, there's too much competition out there where someone else is going to step up to the plate. I think sometimes it's even a little bit tougher. I mean, they're, if they're calling you, they're expecting you to get something done for them. And, and you know, a lot of, and, and especially personal lines quickly, right? So I, I think sometimes that conversation can be a, a little bit tougher to get done than if you're calling somebody else, you know, trying to create that value for them. That That's a mindset shift that we work with with our team through because Mm -hmm. tend to feel like, Oh my gosh, like the client's in a rush. I have to hurry up. I have to speed this up, but there's just too much on the line with insurance to have a rushed insurance conversation. It's our job as the professional to slow down the conversation and make a total risk review happen. That's our job as a professional. And I believe that just because someone's sitting in a call center and someone shopped online and now the two of you are connected, that doesn't mean that the conversation has to be transactional. In fact, the way that we win the high volume game by making sure that that's quality business that's going on the books is by taking it up a level and making sure we're actually properly protecting that client. And that means that they have to have a experience with our professional on the phone that they just aren't going to find elsewhere. And that requires a lot more training and education. And at the end of the day, though, that's that's what producers really enjoy doing when they feel like they have a purpose and that they're actually making a difference in a client's life and that they actually shared important information that someone took to heart and benefited from, then it's not about like, oh, I'm sitting in a call center and I have this headset on and it's routine and monotonous and I just can't wait to have another job one day. Now they have a place where they can come into the office and it's high momentum and it's dynamic and there's numbers on the board and there's music pumping and you have your buddy sitting next to you and you guys are have your friendly competition going. And when that when that call comes in, you slow down and you act like that's the only client you're going to speak with today. And you bring your A game for that person and you make it happen and you make it easy for them to end their their shopping journey today. And so I feel like they're, uh, that the two goals there don't have to compete. I think that you can reach someone over the phone through a digital lead that came to your agency and still give a really great consultation and do a really excellent job for your client. What you just described sounds like orange theory for insurance. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that's what orange theory is. Everybody's numbers are up on the board. Freaking music's pumping. I'm going to go in there and blow the bolts off that rower. And as soon as I'm done, oh, with the I rower, just figured, I just figured out what happened here. So you're in another one of those biggest loser competitions at orange theory. That's why you put on 20 LBs this weekend so that you can have the biggest oh, drop off. Making sense now. I wish I could tell you that was the case. Unfortunately, sir, it's the exact opposite. We are going through what is called Hell Week right now. It was a hell week. Sounds awesome. It was. It was so fantastic. I'm pretty sure that my knees no longer work properly. I am having Chick-fil-A delivered for lunch. So that's how that's how I feel about that. That sounds about right. Well, I, I you know, from the mindset standpoint, as an outsider looking in, my thought process is it really seems like that the average heavy personal lines agency, whether they're all personal lines or just majority personal lines, they are resistant to the Geico progressive type atmosphere. I'm not saying that your culture is the same or that the atmosphere is identical, but it almost appears that rather than quantum pushing back and saying, no, this doesn't work, you've actually embraced 
a lot of the techniques that have made those companies what they are. And, you know, watching Jeff Shee post in his mind, I honestly believe that guy thinks that that's, he's going to take them out at some point. Like he wholeheartedly believes that he can beat Geico and progressive. And you know what? Good for him. And if your leadership thinks that way, I have to believe that it trickles down to the people that are on the team and they think that way too. So, you know, I, Kyle thinks the way he does because he thinks, you know, he hears me talk about it all the time where we're out going after middle market commercial business. It's way too much work to deal with this personal line stuff. We'd have to literally write a hundred accounts to get the premium that we get off of one. So that's just, again, not that your mind shift is, is right and ours is wrong or vice versa. We're all the product of the environments that we've, that we've come from. And, you know, I think it would be, I actually would think it would be cool to go hang out up there for, for a day at one of the call centers and, and just check it out and see what's going on. We'll, we'll book it and we'll set up some Texas barbecue for you guys while you're here. So Oof, that works. You, it's, um, it's a really big topic, which is, you know, how you mentioned that agents are resistant of the call center model and they should be if we're talking about the big Goliaths with the billboards that are trying to change a client's mindset that they should spend less time on their insurance and that it's not as big of a deal as it really is, right? We should be mm-hmm. that because um, that's not in the client's necessarily not in their best interest, right? We believe that taking time with someone to uncover their needs and have a consultation and build a policy for them that's customized for their family is in their best interest and that it's worth our time as a company, even if that means we're going to be on the phone for a long time. Um, So I think that there is a lot to be said about the things that some of these big direct call center models are doing that we shouldn't be quick to embrace as agency owners, right? But what are they doing well that we could learn from? Let's not let our disdain for what they're not doing well cloud our vision of what they are doing well that we could just learn from and embrace into our own models. So some of the things that they're really well at are efficiency, right? Right. In a um, average local insurance office, there's a lot of inefficiencies that happen. There's a lot of bottlenecks that happen because the agency owner is often the one person that can handle it all. There is um, all kinds of breakdowns in the processes that it would take to really run a well-oiled machine and scale and grow. Call center segment, they specialize uh, almost, They I would argue that they segment down a little bit too far, right? You have your umbrella department, your home department. Um, but I think that we can learn from specialization and putting people in a department that makes sense for their natural talents and abilities in an area where they can really focus on the processes that make sense in that sales department, in that service department. And then you can further segment from there. You can have different departments within your service department, for example, um, because the the department that answers the phone and handles routine requests like adding on a driver is a different conversation than the person who's working your renewals. So I think we have a lot we can learn from that. And then in the online presence and digital marketing, the reason that the 
phones are ringing in the call centers is because they are reaching outside their local community. There is no giant Goliath call center out there that's sending their producers out on the, you know, into the neighborhoods to knock on doors so that the local community will come into the call center. They're reaching their people online. And that's something that we can learn from as agency owners. So what if we took what we're really, really, really good at, which is like taking a a client and like making sure their family's okay and doing a really professional job and handling their insurance the way it should be handled. What if we took that and we did it really, really efficiently and we started reaching clients outside of our community. We used digital marketing so we could expand our reach. And then what if as those clients are pouring into the agency, we had such amazing processes and plans and programs that we could actually acquire that new client for a low cost of acquisition, bring them on board to the agency, take care of them for the long haul, and it not break down along the way. Um, I think that it's, it's not about cheapening the insurance experience. It's about saying like, hey, we're freaking awesome at the insurance consultation. And that's what clients really need. In the independent world, we're armed with this amazing carrier suite. They have options. That's how they should be doing insurance. So we're just going to up the game. We're going to completely redefine what they expect out of the experience so that they don't have to keep shopping. And I think that's how we compete with the big Goliaths. So how do you set the table for that? That's an educational process. It's no different than what we do, right? Because I am a huge proponent of, I never want to be an insurance salesperson. I want to be a problem solver. And we compete against insurance salespeople every day when we go out in middle market accounts and we beat them every day because they bring nothing other than we can sell you a cheap insurance policy to the table. In the personalized world, everybody's competing against 15% for 15 minutes or less, right? We can all rattle off all of the uh, different taglines that they have and everything else. So knowing that someone is creating intent on an ad that you've placed, and that's how the lead was generated coming in, how do you diffuse that thought process? If I can ask, if I can ask that without you giving away the secret sauce. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a lot to unpack there. So when it comes to how do you set the table in the agency for this environment that I've described to happen, there is a lot of training and education that goes into that. You have to have a highly trained and highly motivated team. And there's some obstacles along the way that you have to be able to overcome or it's all going to break down as you go along. When you bring on a new insurance producer into the into your agency, and I'm just speaking from the personal lines world here, it's you know very different in the commercial lines world, I'm sure. But what we see when we bring on insurance professionals into a sales position is that there's usually some mindset shifts that have to happen for them to be really successful. And so this goes into the culture of quantum and their onboarding program. So one of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes people are, they come on board and they're really, really passionate about one or two things, but they're not super well-rounded yet. So you might have someone come on board and they're just like so passionate about insurance and they're like, oh my gosh, I just love underwriting so much. Like, can I have a contract and a highlighter? But they're not passionate about sales and actually building relationships with clients and bringing them on board. And then you have the person on the other end of that spectrum that's like, 
hey, it's Mike and I'm calling to sell you some insurance. And if you're too busy right now, bye, I'm going to go on to the next person. <laughs> and um, that person might be super passionate about sales, but they haven't figured out how to be super passionate about protecting families and what that looks like yet. So we, our goal is to create a really well-rounded insurance professional that's equally passionate about insurance and protecting families as they are creating that buying experience that empowers the client to make a buying decision that's in the best interest of their family so that they can end their shopping journey today, right? And we we think those two things can coexist. So we build programs that help that person onboard and learn these new skills in a way that makes sense. Because what happens when a new producer comes on board in your agency is if you say, okay, so what do you want to learn first? You know what they're going to tell you? They, they, they just want to know about the carriers. They just want to like poke around in the quoting platforms. They just want to know a little bit about the products. But if we focus all of our training and education and attention there in the very beginning of the process, then what are we missing? We're missing the opportunity to help them become really well-rounded. They have to learn systems and technology, quality assurance and compliance, carriers and product knowledge. I'm sorry, carriers and product knowledge. But where's their advanced sales training going to come in? When are they going to become comfortable on the phones? When are they going to learn how to overcome objections to the quote? When are they going to learn what it means to build value and how to look at a deck page and figure out if this family is underinsured or not? And then after they do all that work, how are they going to learn how to close the sale in a meaningful way that is a great world-class experience for the client? So our onboarding program is really unique in the industry because it has identified how to balance out all of those needs in a way that shortens the ramp up time for a producer so that they can be comfortable with the carriers and the product knowledge, but that it's not taking all of their attention and energy away from the behaviors that create a really strategic sales conversation. And so when a an agency comes on board at Quantum or a salesperson comes on board at Quantum, they go through our onboarding process that teaches them what they need to know in a really efficient way so that they're not wasting a ton of time on the fluff. They're learning exactly what they need to know to hit the ground running, but it balances the product knowledge they need to have with the real life skills on the phone so they can create a really great conversation that they can be really proud about. And that process it, it means that we have to do a couple of things that feel a little counterintuitive at first. Yeah, I agree with that. So I'm assuming that you're doing like secret shopping and all of that stuff when you're shaking your head. No, you don't. You don't call and check on these people with fake quote requests and all of that to see how they're doing. Do you mean um, do we secret shop other companies or do we listen to our producers calls? Your producers calls. Oh, OK, I never thought of that as secret shopping. So we have a system called voice ops. And it is so freaking awesome. Like, I love it so much. So what it does is it um, it provides a transcript of the conversation that you can review with the producer later. So what it does is it enables their sales coach to be able to sit down with them and have a really great coaching conversation together. You can see um, the words of what they said on the screen, but you can also hear it. And then you can, it tags it along the way for the behaviors that we're looking for. So if we're looking for them to... Um, really identify the client's need, it'll actually tag where that occurred in the call so that you can click on it, talk about it together, coach on it. And it, it makes a world of difference. How much do the producers dread that conversation? 
<laughs> so um, do you guys in the commercial world, do you guys like role play as part of the training? Okay. Sure. Do you ever have somebody come on that's new and at first they're like, oh my God, this is horrible. I don't want to role play. Every time. Okay. Right. But then don't they like start to get used to it? It's not a big deal. Some people. Yeah. I was, I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Competitions. And then it gets really, really fun. So it, it becomes a culture and it, it really just adds the energy. And I can't tell you how many people tell us like, oh my gosh, like when my coach sat down with me and played my calls and just talked to me about it, that's when the light bulb went off. Right. You're right though. Like I think that there's so much in coaching that feels so awkward and so uncomfortable for the the salesperson and the agent that sometimes it's really hard to like figure out am I doing this the right way? Because you don't want um, the coaching journey to feel like pulling teeth, you know, for them. You want them mm -hmm. to be really um, having a great time at their job, for sure. I think that's definitely a challenge. So there's a couple components to quantum that I think people could get confused with. Why don't you talk a little bit? I mean, I know you have your own internal salespeople, but you also have partner agencies. Talk a little bit about what that looks like um, and then we'll ask questions around, you know, deeper dive stuff once we once we hear the overall. Sure. So one of the things I hadn't mentioned yet in our conversation today was um, I kind of talked about how I got started in insurance, but I didn't tell you guys what happened after that. So in 2014, I became an agency owner of a um, Allstate agency that I had just had our first baby. Karis was born. Um, I want to say a month or two after I became an agency owner. I uh, went through all the agency training in Chicago, like eight months pregnant and did the, the whole training deal and became an agency owner. I was just like, so, so, so excited. And that agency was super successful. Um, we hit all the benchmarks that the captive had set for us. We, um, we were inner circle elite four years consecutive, um, one year, the, the final year as an agent, we were best in region of a multi-state region. And we were doing all the things we were supposed to be doing. I was very happy with my career. I, I got to, you know, bring the baby to the office. And um, at the time we still had a dog and Kylie, our puppy used to come to the office too. Um, and we had a great team. They had amazing retention in an environment that was extremely um, difficult for agency owners in our brand to really thrive. Um, we were really working digital marketing really successfully with great retention and really reaching out to the community, doing a ton of events and stuff. But somewhere along the line, I began to realize like I hadn't thought about the independent world. I didn't need to. Our agency was really successful. But you know how people will reach out to you and, you know, on LinkedIn and they'll try to like get in your ear and tell you you should be looking at these other business models. Eventually, I started to listen a little bit more and started to listen a little bit more. And it took a while, but my eyes finally opened to there were these fears I had about the independent world that really weren't founded in anything other than 
my bubble and just not knowing what was on the other side. In the captive world, you don't really interact with independent agents as often. You have your um, your clubs, your groups, your events that you go to that are mostly all captive agents, if not totally all captive agents. And that's your networking world. Those are your friends, your support system. So I didn't really know what was in this other world. Um, so somewhere along the line, I realized that you know what? I really, really care about my clients and I really do want them to have the best insurance possible. I want them to have options. And I really, really care if I'm creating a lifelong opportunity for our team members. When someone gets hired on board in my agency, I take it really seriously if this is a dream career for them or not. I wanted to make it as easy as possible for that person to succeed because they have personal goals. And I I feel like it's my responsibility to take that really seriously if I'm doing everything I can to create the best opportunity for that family possible. So I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, I think that if I go independent, it's probably the best thing for my clients and the best thing for the people that will be full members in my agency. Because I think that they're going to be able to be able to give even more advice to clients, more options to clients. And it makes their job easier than when they just have one brand to work from. And so I opened up an independent agency and we did awesome. We did a million dollars in our first 90 days, starting scratch. Um, Starting on day one, we only had three carriers and no idea what we were doing. I'd never looked at a Raider before. (laughs) We were figuring it out as we went. And um, it was... I just kept saying, oh my gosh, I wish I had done this earlier. But the independent world was so different from what I expected. The support systems weren't what I thought that they were going to be. There was a lot of figuring out things on our own. There was a lot of just trying to learn all of the different carriers and how do you train a large group of people on so many carriers in a really efficient way how do you navigate the Raider without having a transactional conversation? The Raider questions literally um, almost trap you into a transactional conversation. Like how much are you paying and what's your deductible? And it it became where we, we had to rewrite the whole sales process and um, marketing. Everything was different. So we, um, at this point in time, Quantum hadn't been born yet. I'm... Uh, running this like super successful mega startup independent insurance agency. And a few months later, Quantum pops up on the scene as an independent agency. And that's when I decided to sell my agency because I knew that what Quantum was going to do was going to be so much bigger than what my agency could pull off on my own. And I wanted to be a big part of it. So I joined Quantum so that I can help other agencies scale and grow their teams based on what I've learned from the captive world being really successful and the independent world being really successful. And the reason that quantum was born was because there's a lot of disruption going on in the captive industry right now. Captive agency owners aren't as confident in their agency ownership opportunity today as they were even three, five years ago. It's a totally different environment for them. And so they're starting to look at the independent world for the first time. And what they're going to find on the other side is a big lack of resources that actually make a tangible impact in that agency being able to scale and grow and compete. And so what Quantum did was commit to putting together the best 
set of resources possible that an agency owner could ever expect coming into the independent world and starting up so that they can be massively successful. And that means that we help them with everything from automated training and onboarding, recruiting for their teams and getting in front of the right talent, um, the best marketing strategies, um, the carriers, the licensing, everything. They have this amazing team behind them that takes everything off their plate that we possibly could. And we do the service for them. And I think that's um, one of the things that we get the, the biggest, the most questions about is why we, why we do the, the service for the agencies. But it really just comes down to, we want agency owners to be able to scale and grow and invest in their teams and be able to coach and motivate and train and be out there um, doing the things that they love doing while we take really great care of their clients on the other end of that line. And it, it really helps uh, offload a lot of the things that can be setbacks in a personal lines agency. How much pushback do you get for that? Because I can tell you for a fact, if you ever came into my agency and said, we want to take all the servicing off of your plate, I'm going to gracefully hand it over to you and say, please feel free. This is the part of my job I despise the most, right? Like, I'd love to know how many agencies out there are like, nope, you know, this, this all sounds awesome, but I'm going to go ahead and keep all the servicing in-house. I think that what you've done is, is actually kind of interesting because it seems like, and you can feel free to shoot me down and tell me you don't agree with me, but it, it's almost like you've taken a little bit of what's worked with the big guys in this space that, that are the direct-to-consumer and also a little bit of what the independent channel's doing with service centers for agencies that they've become more and more um, accustomed to and sort of blending that. But you as a brand are keeping control of all of that servicing, which I have to believe creates a different comfort level for the agencies that are in there knowing that's how it's being done. We didn't have to create the, the client care center. It was probably the most controversial decision that Justin and Jeff, our founders, made because there's there's so many reasons not to do it. It's a huge financial investment. It's really, really expensive. I think that tons of agents still would have joined Quantum even if we didn't do the service. But at the end of the day, Quantum is here so that agencies can scale and grow and compete in the modern market where the, the competition is heavy out there. We have to be really strategic about what our agency is going to look like 10 years from now. And we really believe that for them to be able to um, hit their goals and put up the numbers that they need to, to be able to thrive and grow and, and, and have these, this meaningful impact that we had to take everything off their plate that we possibly could. And it really just shows our level of commitment to the agency owner because we, we care so deeply what their success looks like because we've been there. We know that these are, these are small business owners that go home to their families every night and they're, 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 they're going to sleep dreaming about insurance and making sure that they're taking care of their clients and their team. And so for this to be worth their while, it had to literally be the best resource set that they could ever find anywhere. And so everything from the recruiting that gets them in front of the right talent to um, what I think is the best education and agency onboarding program out there for independent agents to our amazing client care center that just does so much for the agencies, it makes it possible for an agency owner to open up their doors and, and do crazy numbers. Um, 
and you know, every agency is different, but the, the numbers that we're seeing are so, so exciting. Well, it's amazing what you can do when all you have to focus on is selling, right? I mean, if you, if all you're worried about at any day is selling and client experience as part of the sales process, all distractions are removed. Like you, you can focus on being really good at that. And I would expect those numbers to be good. What it allows you to do is to create a, a culture in your agency of opportunity, because if you're focusing the time and energy and finances that would have gone into retaining your book towards growing your agency and growing your team. You're bringing on a salesperson, you're onboarding them and they have this shorter learning curve. And now not too long into the process, this person is a revenue generator for your agency and they're turning a profit that you now get to decide, okay, how am I going to reinvest that additional revenue that's coming in? Oh, maybe I want to hire another salesperson and so on and so on. So now you can actually like grow and scale a team to wow, maybe now you can hire a sales manager and maybe that person helps you with the coaching and the leadership and the training and the education. And now now maybe you're able to give that leadership direction that you're so passionate about. And maybe now you're able to like go in the agency and be a part of the culture and work with them on things that excite you and that are important to you. And your agency just starts to, to grow and flourish from there because you're not spread as thin and you're able to take your revenue and reinvest it into growth. And it it helps transform your insurance office into a really world-class insurance organization that looks completely different than what agencies may have looked like 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. What's the most important thing in terms of advice or things that an agency owner should keep in mind when, when they're going through the process of, of implementing quantum? Like, like bringing you guys on, you know, like, what would you say is a, I don't know, just like a piece of advice that you've seen as you've been involved? I think that one of the biggest things that agents walk with us through is this conversation of whether or not it makes sense for them to do their own thing and service their own clients or not, because most insurance agents are really so passionate about their clients. It's a big deal. We we all agree. Like at the end of the day, the clients have to be taken care of. We have to do what we have to do to make sure that that client is good. Right. So it's not Mm -hmm. about cheapening the experience for the client. The question for the agency owner is, do I trust delegating that to someone else. And if I were to do that, if I were to wake up tomorrow and that was a part of my business operation that wasn't on my shoulders anymore, what would that feel like? And what would I do with that time and that investment? So that's a really, really big part of it. Um, But there's so much that we do that helps agency owners when they come on board, think through um, what kind of processes and systems do you need to have in your agency to be efficient. We talked about removing some of the bottlenecks in an agency, some of the broken processes that slow us down. We have to think through a marketing strategy as an agency that gets our cost of acquisition down. We have to be looking at what kind of numbers do we need to be measuring and tracking as an agency. And so I think a lot of agencies join Quantum because they want to be part of that ecosystem and that family where they're surrounded by support and information that helps them build that program in their agency. So when they come on board to Quantum, they're not just putting up a plaque and opening up the door and doing business the way that they always did business before. They have the freedom to do that. But what they're really doing is coming to us and saying, hey, 
I can you talk to me about my talent acquisition plan and um, what zip codes I should be recruiting in? Can you help me with this ad? Can you help me get um, top talent into my agency? Hey, um, I I want to give digital marketing another go, but can you guys talk to me about how I should go about doing this? So we train them on like, hey, what are the things that you need to think about and do before you buy another internet lead again? Um, and so I think that really that's the reason the agencies are joining Quantum instead of just trying to go solo. Because when you join the quantum family, you have this amazing system of support that helps you evolve what your agency looks like into a, a new version of your agency. But we, we don't want you to lose the heart and soul of your agency. We want you to still be you and have your amazing team and still be really involved in your community and still be making a really big difference. We just want to help you be competitive so that it changes your life and the life of the people that work on your team. So talk a little bit about technology and systems. Do they have the ability to integrate with what you guys are doing? Do the, does that remain whatever they've had in the past? I mean, you know, to me, one of the issues that the independent channel has is there are no rules, right? So when, when you leave the captive world, you know, I don't know what it's like because I've never been in it, but I assume that this is the management system and everybody's on the management system and this is the CRM and everybody uses the CRM. You don't have that freedom to choose coming into an area where to me, from a technology standpoint, efficiency is picked up by everybody speaking the same language, having the same systems and all of that. How much of that do you guys do? Or is it pretty much just left up to them to decide or do they even have an option? Great question. So quantum agencies are 1099s. So they have a lot of freedom over how they want to run their agencies. And we have some agencies that do things just so completely differently. Some of them just work referrals and they focus more on commercial and that's where they feel at home. And then we have other agencies that are working their digital leads and have um, a, just a totally different culture in their agency. Um, when it comes to the CRM, we do the service for them. So all the, all the agencies use the same CRM because that way everything's getting downloaded into the same place and it just makes sense for the client care center. But the lead management system that an agency uses, some people are going to use a completely different phone system. They may use completely different internet leads if they use any at all. Um, the, the voice ops tool that I mentioned where we're able to do sales coaching in the system, that's not something that quantum agencies just come on board and, and have to use. It's just, it happens to be something that we think is a value add, but if they did use it, it would be, totally theirs. And we wouldn't um, really have our, our reach in that at all. So what's the level of sophistication of the average agency that you guys deal with? And I don't mean that to sound negative at all. I mean, I've got friends that run agencies on a spreadsheet and I've got friends that have full-blown Salesforce, you know, integrated with their AMS. It's all over, again, all over the board. But I'm interested in part of the reason why is I know that there are people that are going to be listing this that are thinking to themselves, hey, would I be somebody that should be talking to Quantum? Talk a little bit about that. I mean, this is your shameless plug right now to be able to say this is why you should come join us and this is what you could expect. I think that having the right technology suite is a really big part to becoming efficient, right? Because we have to have our, um, our eyes on the data so that we're tracking and measuring the right things. So agencies shouldn't be operating off of a spreadsheet. They should have a lead management system that it makes it really easy for your team to get in contact with an internet lead. When it comes in, you need to be calling them right away, right? So you need to have a really great 
phone system. You need to have like really great Wi-Fi. <laughs> and yeah. um, so we walk agents through, hey, where do you invest your resources? You don't need to invest it in a fancy office right off the bat. Um, we talk them through what's worked for us um, in the past with different agencies, everything from the layout to the office, what they should spend their money on or not spend their money on. Don't go cheap on your on your Wi-Fi or on your internet. Make sure that you're good to go there. But everything from, uh, I'd say that quantum agencies are pretty advanced when it comes to technology uh, um, on average. You have everything from Teams to Zoom, our all of our training and education is through an actual lead management system that's automated. It's a virtual learning experience that you can use on your computer at the office or on your cell phone at home. You have um, the, we use an amazing you know CRM and have great processes for that that take great care of your clients. So I would say that it's definitely a sophisticated agency when it comes to how we tend to use technology, although each agency kind of has the freedom to decide what route they want to take within that. But what we find most often is that agencies really look forward to our onboarding training videos with Justin and Jeff that walk them through the pros and cons of what we've seen from different vendors and things that really help take some of the trial and error out of those choices. Cool. So we've been going almost an hour. What have we left out, Kyle? Can you think anything we've left out? So I was I was muted because my kid and my freaking dogs are losing their minds. Um, you don't you don't look stressed out about it at all, God. by the way. <laughs> Veins that are popping out of your neck right now are ridiculous. <laughs> uh, take a deep take a deep breath. <laughs> um, I have two French bulldogs, um, and they are maniacs together. Anything that walks by the front door, they freak out. Um, if the wind blows, they freak out. And meanwhile, I think Nash is starving, so he's losing his mind. But what was the question? I don't even. What did, what did you? What did you what say? We, what What did we missed, man? Yeah, no, that, we, I mean your last question was kind of what I was, um, you know, trying to get at in in terms of uh, when I had asked about something that businesses should keep in mind. Um, that I mean, that was it. I wanted to figure out what what types of businesses or um, what types of agencies are are good fits for coming on board with Quantum. And I, I mean, I think I think you nailed that. I would say, if I had to guess, it would be agencies that need help and aren't afraid to admit that. I think that a lot of times that agencies get um, agency principals by and large are control freaks, for lack of a better term, and they want to have their hands on everything and control the whole process. I think that you have a unique job in selling an agency owner on why they should join and creating that assurance that they still have control to do do some of the things they would normally do, but also be able to get the benefit of the platform. Um, so, I mean, that, that's really, you know, what I would be interested in is, I, I mean, I've got to just, it would be interesting for me to, to see that whole process, you know, from the 10,000 foot overview, just to sort of watch, you guys should do a reality show, right? There you go. Publish it on YouTube and record the journey of somebody who comes through quantum and is ultimately successful. I've always said we should do a reality show, but I think I'm the only like reality show junkie on our <laughs> teams. I haven't, I haven't closed them on that deal yet. You'd have to be the director, producer, all the, all of it. <laughs> well, what, Welcome to my world. That's what I'm going through right now with the protege, right? I right. had this great idea one Saturday night. And the next thing you know, I'm like announcing it all over social media. 
And I was telling Ryan Hanley when I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, man, this thing actually got some legs. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to pull now it what? off. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love that you're bringing the fun back into insurance. So, uh, you know, I think... Wait, wait till you see these, these videos that these people have sent. It has nothing to do with me. I mean... There is some crazy. You saw. I'm sure you saw the one that we leaked inside. Geeks come through my text threads, and it's woo. You guys are in for a you know something, a treat. So. Yeah, it's crazy. I need to send Kyle the one the one that we leaked in Mastermind so he can see it. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. That's so awesome. Oh man, I've heard the stories. So I can't wait to see where that goes. You guys are doing awesome stuff. And you know, a lot of what we talked about today is it is so different than the commercial world. Um, and every agency is different, but I, I've been that agency owner that's like out at the festival and you're, you know, giving away the snow cones and signing people up for insurance quotes. And I think that's awesome. Like keep doing that. But I, I've been there trying to make ends meet and trying to make these big decisions about do I hire someone that's licensed or unlicensed or do I do referrals or organic growth or do I focus on retention? And there's so many big decisions out there. And so I just um, I love coming to work every day and trying to make that a little bit easier for agency owners, whether they're a part of quantum or not. So today I got a chance to talk about the things I'm passionate about, the things that bring me to work every day. But I love opportunities like this where I get to share with people that aren't part of the the quantum agency world, but we're all in this independent industry world together and we're learning and growing together and we're figuring out new ways to be competitive and thrive and build amazing businesses that are doing huge things um, together. And I think it's so fun what we can learn from each other and just how, uh, how creative I think that we're all getting, making insurance um, fun and exciting and a little bit different than it was even a few years ago. So what's the ridiculous number of written premium that you guys are at now? Because I know it was just absolutely insane the first time I heard it. And it's been months since I've had an update. <laughs> well, Quantum, uh, Quantum Direct did $22 million in our first 12 months, which was about two months ago now. So I don't, I don't want to guess at the updated total. But I think when I put that number out there, a lot of people are like, well, what does that even mean? Right. So there's another number that I'm equally as excited about. And that is one of our uh, newest agency owners um, in her first 60 days with Quantum. She sold um, $550,000 in premium in her first 60 days. And so she's coming right out of the gate, hitting the ground running. She came from the captive world. And that was with about six producers. And, okay. and they're doing a mixture of referrals and local networking and working with local real estate agents and having a really great digital marketing plan. And though that's just so exciting to me to see that there is a way that agency owners can build over the next three years what might have taken an agent in the past that didn't have the technology that we have now, it could have taken them 20. And so I just I just love seeing the opportunity she's creating for her, her team members and just watching that agency flourish. And so that's what keeps me up at night. That's what keeps me putting in the late hours and coming to work every day, super excited and pumped is just um, watching those stories unfold for more and more people. I don't get, I don't think you're passionate at all about what you're doing. Honestly, <laughs> I don't feel any yeah. excitement where's, or energy. Yeah, coming where's your from enthusiasm? You. I just need some more coffee. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. After putting 20 pounds on over the weekend, it might might cause heart heart attack or something. But listen, people are going to want to know those. You know, they want to achieve those numbers too. And some of you listening aren't getting them. How did you? How do they get a hold of you, Caitlin? If they want to talk more about quantum, are you the person they reach out to? Is there somebody else that they reach out to? Tell them where to find you. Yeah, you know, I'm always I always excited to hear about what life is like in your world and um, how things are for your agency. So I'm on all the social media platforms, Caitlin Agar. Um, you could probably the easiest way to reach me is w- my email address, education at quantumassurance.com. And um, that's just an easy way if you can't find me on social media to send me a message. I'd love to chat. I'd love to hear about what your questions are and what kind of hot topics are like really top of mind for you right now in your agency, because um, I'm a big believer that um, the world and culture in different agencies in different areas is really all over the board. And I love hearing more about it. It is not one size fits all. And that is a fact. Listen, we need to wrap up. We've been going out. Thank you so much for coming on today. Appreciate your time. Always um, excited to hear how other people are doing things. And I mean, yeah, Kyle and I are focused on commercial stuff, but we do personal lines as well. But you don't have to be in commercial insurance to be a producer. You can produce all kinds of stuff. We have Medicare guys listening to this and people that only do personal lines in their agencies or, or whatever else. So I think that you've given us all kinds of stuff to think about. Definitely some nuggets for people to walk away with. And I just wanted to thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend with us so that we could uh, share your story. This is my hobby. Thanks guys. Yeah, it <laughs> seems like it. And time out. And, and right before you go, talk a little bit real quick about your podcast that's coming out. Super excited. So it's called Age of Independence. And that's independence spelled I-N-D-I-E. And so you can find me on the agency intelligence platform, just talking about how your agency can scale and grow and compete in the modern insurance market. And I believe you can win this high volume game we're talking about without losing the heart and soul of your agency. So we have some some great content on there that walks you through um, some of these big decisions that we've talked about and how to navigate your team through those growth changes. Nice. Good deal. Good deal. Thank you so much for that, guys. You heard it. Agency intelligence. Is that even a thing? I've never heard of that guy before. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Jim, John. Oh, Jason. Jason Cass. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up. Caitlin, have a great week. We'll look forward to uh, letting you know when this is going to drop. And I'm definitely looking forward to that artwork. That's what precipitated this whole thing. So (laughs) let's keep rocking. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.